0: Welcome to Gospel and Grit. We invite you to the front lines of the gospel where our Overland missionaries are pioneering to remote peoples. Our goal is to empower you to grab the gospel and get the grit to do whatever it takes to fulfill your calling in Christ.
1: Welcome back to Gospel and Grit. Today I am joined by the director of our Angola project, the founder of our Pastoral Network. (laughs) How many other titles do you want me to throw in there? That's good. That's good? All right. Uh, We're here with Dan. Dan is a veteran veteran. He's a veteran's veteran in Overland. How many years have you been with Overland, brother?
0: This year is 18.
1: 18. We actually have people in AMT right now (laughs) that were born the year you started staff. How does that make you feel?
0: Yeah, it makes makes me feel great.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So I did want to actually go into that a little bit about you know, I joined in 13, you know, we've changed a lot mm. since then. Um but you are people consider me a veteran sometimes now. You are a veteran veteran. You are my veteran. I want to hear the old school stories. You know, this this podcast is called Gospel and Grit, two things that I know that you exemplified since the beginning i love to hear some of those stories man
0: yeah geez yeah we um rapid 14 the base here in zambia has come up a lot since we started building in 2005
1: yeah
0: and i do remember driving on to the base with the trucks we had a diesel generator that from south africa we had just arrived from johannesburg and driving onto the property pitching tents a frame tents <laughs> dome tents whatever we had and um yeah just you know Phil being the leader that that he is says okay we're starting to build this here we're starting to build that there so we just started grabbed shovels and started digging <laughs> and uh, snakes slithering in the grass uh pumping water from the from the river right the pipes breaking uh, For those who haven't been to this base,
1: um, it's not an easy journey to the mm, river. We're not just like sitting riverside
0: here, right?
1: It's like what half a mile straight down.
0: Yeah. So the vertical drop, I, I, I geez, I don't know exactly, but I mean, it's, it's, I call it the Grand Canyon of Africa. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's not quite as deep as the Grand Canyon right. in the United States, but I mean, it's a canyon, mm-hmm. and the Zambezi River goes through, and yeah, so it's. It's a hike down and it's a hike up.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So things have changed a lot.
0: Yeah, things have changed. It's been awesome to see it develop. And even some of the initial pioneering uh, bush trips and truck trips into the villages and uh, preaching in some of those places for the first time and... Um, casting demons out of people, and now the work has just spread and spread and spread from chiefdom to chiefdom. And I remember from when Jake, mm-hmm. short figure, was, was ministering in the Niawa chiefdom, after a couple of years, and then Chief of the neighboring chiefdom, mm-hmm. heard about what God was doing, and he actually came, traveled all the way to the base and just drove on the property. And we sat with him, and he said, "We hear what's going on in Yao. Please, please come to us in Simarichella." Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, so it's been cool to see how how things have developed.
1: Yeah, now we're in fourteen plus countries. Wow. Yeah. Two hundred plus staff. God's on big things. Yeah, I love it absolutely. So you led some of the first expeditions with mm-hmm. Overland. What have been some of the most physically demanding expeditions you've ever been on?
0: Um. One of them was in Brazil, the Brazilian Amazon, mm-hmm. 2006, and we we started running teams there in 2002, mm. and so this was not just a normal expedition, though it was the we had run an expedition and then the team left, mm. and then myself. Uh, and another uh, female girl from Overland on staff joined a well-drilling expedition into a part of the Amazon called the Javari, Mm -hmm. which is um, protected by the federal government in Brazil because Mm -hmm. there's tribes there that still, some of them have never been contacted by outside uh, culture or people. Mm -hmm. And the Brazilian government anthropologically would would like to keep those cultures alive so they they restrict people going in so uh, the gospel is not allowed to go in there because they view that as that that could change the culture yeah, which right. hopefully it does right? <laughs> yeah, right. in, in, in that sense <laughs> but <our> um, <laughs> but we did we were allowed to join a well drilling expedition which was um, on a boat on a government boat. Ooh for seven days, going down these winding rivers. And I mean, just untouched, untouched jungle, which sounds really romantic and amazing, but you've got a a diesel engine drumming in your ear, literally 24 hours a day, nonstop, (laughs) and your hammock is hanging. And uh, so that was, and actually I got one of my worst cases of malaria on that Um. trip. And but we got to the village one and of. one of yeah. <laughs> um, we got to the village, we drilled, I think two wells in two different villages. Okay. But I mean, actually, very interestingly enough, that same summer, I believe, we got I flew back to the United States after that expedition, and the cover of National Geographic was the tribes in that area. Wow. So, the opening the pages and seeing their homes as with, we were sitting in those in those villages <laughs> in those homes, so yeah, it was uh, as far as I know, that area is still closed off to the gospel mm-hmm. but but yeah, that was um, it's like when you kind of realize that adventure isn't always fun, you know it's not right. always glamorous, but it's what drives you isn't the adventure, what drives you is is your purpose for the gospel right. Amen. So, yeah.
1: Amen. Yeah, then Angola, whole different spectrum of things. Yeah. Not cruising down the river anymore.
0: Yeah, there are some rivers, but we haven't cruised down them uh, in <laughs> Angola. Actually, that's another interesting story. The very first recon we did to Angola. Hmm. I was with myself, Dave Killo, who's mm-hmm. currently on staff. Yep. Shout out and uh, Dave, shout out to you and Mateos uh, from Mozambique, who's reengaging with our team there uh, in Mozambique. A Brilliant guy. So Dave and I spoke no Portuguese at the time. So Mateos <laughs> was our he was our translator. But we we left here in what we thought was a bush ready roadworthy land Rover discovery yeah. that uh, was ours at the time, and on in Namibia, along the Caprivi strip, before we even got to Angola, the vehicle overheated, mm. and we were towed by an 18 wheeler to to rundu Namibia. it was fixed and I like to tell the story to start off the story by saying we traveled, I believe it was thirty six hundred kilometers. Over three or four weeks, hmm. and we never used a full tank of fuel. <laughs> and if you pray, if you preface it with that, it looks look supernatural. It looks yeah. supernatural, but <laughs> we were towed so often, and it, it we just. There was an overheating problem with the vehicle, and oh. we were towed from literally every location. <laughs> we were entering, we were being towed from uh, Menongue Angola to Lubango Angola, which at that time the road was terrible between the two. And as was the case, we made it about halfway on the route, just being able to drive, mm-hmm. and then vehicle problems. So now we're being towed into Lubango. And all we knew of was that we were supposed to stay with these, these missionaries. We knew their name, and we didn't really know how to contact them once we got there, but we were we just figured we would figure it out. Huh. And so as we're getting towed into the city of Lubangu, this car pulls up next to us, and this white lady hangs her head out the window, and she sees Overland Missions on the side of the truck. and. Hey, you're staying with me tonight. So so that was the lady that we were supposed to stay with. So that was uh, God's intervention for us to, to find our, our place to be. But yeah, it was uh, a rough trip, but it opened all the doors for us in that country. And uh, the missionary community there is is great and very uh, wa- arms wide open, oh, kingdom so- minded, just Praise so God. awesome. So they've received us well and I reaching think- out to the tribes there, so...
1: You know, some of these stories always remind me that I feel like a lot of people get this idea, like, I want to be a missionary, I want to go to this remote place and preach the gospel, and it's like they wake up in their tent and it's all nice and 72 degrees outside and someone hands them a cup of coffee and they mm. grab their Bible and start preaching. Yeah. And, you know, we love to build spiritual atmospheres. Mm. You know, the, the church, we just love to build spiritual atmospheres where it's, mm the lights are right and there's a time for that there's a time for that yeah. but when you've gone through 7 days on a desert road you know having to fix your vehicle 6 times along the way it's hot you're sweaty you haven't showered you've been eating beef jerky and noodles <laughs> for
0: a week and, lo- and local honey that some guy brings you <laughs> yeah,
1: awesome. and then you get up and now you are the sound of the gospel mm-hmm. you are the Holy Spirit invading that place, like that's where that grit comes in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like grit's one of those things that is only is only actually given to you when the sandpaper starts rubbing, yeah. and it's always uncomfortable. And I feel like <laughs> even after you've had a certain level of grit, like when whenever the Lord decides to build it into you more. Mm-hmm. Or, or you purposely position yourself in a location where you know it's going to cause grit. It's still uncomfortable, yeah. no matter no matter what, <laughs> no matter how old you are, or or, or this or that, or. Um, but yeah, the the remoteness of the tribes in Southwest Angola have been also you know quite a challenge to okay. us, never having heard the gospel before. And but God always meets you there, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, yeah, I think it's just not to separate too much the you know a spiritual environment can look very simple and mm-hmm. practical and chickens running around mm-hmm. and uh, villagers roaming in and out is of your message as you're as you're preaching or whatever it is you <laughs> yeah. know it doesn't it's not like you said always the lights and in, in the fog you right know?
1: right but yeah. I love that, that you just said that. It's the Lord who establishes the grit in you. Mm. You know, I think some of us, you know, me coming into Overland, I was like, I can't do that. Mm. You know, um, just didn't have the – it's not about creating a personal, like, chutzpah, a personal, you know. It's about letting the Lord give you unction to push Mm. through those physical things for the greater joy of the spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I think of Ephesians 2 – ten it says God has good works that he has prepared beforehand for us to walk in it. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're willing to say yes, right, then uh he's walking with us through those things. So it's not like we're alone, <laughs> you know, and uh yeah, and you don't do it for the for the sake of adventure. So you can write a cool book or, or, <laughs> or whatever. But um Yeah, he does. He builds it in you and his grace is there throughout the process and and everything, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I I also remember a time, what year it was, I I forget, 2004 maybe, but at my beginning days in Overland Missions, I traveled a lot with a guy, Dave, Mm -hmm. and it was... Backpacks on our back in Southeast Asia hmm. or wherever it was, buses here, buses there. Uh, I was always happy that I wasn't as tall as you, JJ, because <laughs> my knees on those buses, you know, oh, know. Yeah. you would have been more oh, uncomfortable than I, I was. I
1: sat in a minibus for hours with a guy between my legs. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but my buddy Dave, he had this ability to sleep. Anywhere <laughs> on any terrible bumpy bus I'll road. Take that oh my drink. gosh! I wish <laughs> I wish I had it. So, but we were in on the island of Borneo, which is belongs half to Malaysia, half to Indonesia, well, well. and then has the country of Brunei on it as well. Hmm. There's a lot of jungle, and we were told of uh, a tribe called the pinon Indians. So we flew to the coast of Borneo, and then we flew to some city inland. Hmm. Uh, I want to say it was called Barrio, if I remember. And they grew a special kind of rice there, and it was just the most Hmm. fantastic rice that you've ever had. Interesting. And we were – the Penan Indians are – Many of them have settled in villages, but some of them are still nomadic in the jungle. Mm. So our mission was to find these remote nomadic Pennon Indians <laughs> in in the jungle. So we left with from Barrio with a pastor who was a Pennon pastor mm. who had settled in, in the village. And we left with another Pannon who who was a guide. He was a hunter. He was just kind of a wild man. Nice. And he was he was the one who was gonna actually guide us to where these nomadic families would probably be. Because mm-hmm. nomads. Nomads, yeah. You don't, know, <laughs> you don't know where they're gonna be. Thick jungle. So I mean, and this was I mean, we were in our twenties and you know, I grew up playing sports and athletics, so I was in pretty good shape. But I mean, this hiking was pretty intense, yeah. uh, very hot, very sweaty, and we hiked for two days to get to the first village uh, that was kind of like a hybrid. They had kind of recently come out of the jungle uh, and kind of were just establishing this, establishing this village. So after two days of hiking and and eating rice out of banana leaves. Mm-hmm. We get there and they welcome us. We have a dinner. And they said, listen, we want you to minister to us in the morning. We go to our our fields early. And so we'll come before we go to our fields and then we'll work and then minister to a guest, uh, uh, us again in the evening. So 5 a.m., because they, they get <laughs> up early there, wake up and literally, literally we wake up and there's just like 30 people on Indians, like in our in our in our in our hut where, where we are. So it was literally get up, yawn, open your Bible, uh-huh. and everyone's ready. They're they're just, you know, starting to. So we minister to them, and obviously don't really remember what we shared. They come back in the evening, and of course we were a little more awake then, sharing more of the word. And but there was this little girl that came up, probably twelve and she said you know i've been tormented by dreams and in, in i get this person these spirits whatever they they come to me at night mm-hmm. and and i and i can't sleep and we said okay we're just going to lay hands on you pray and believe god that so just as i began i just put my head on my hand on her head and she just the spirit of god hit her she fell over and just laid there for a while. We began ministering to other people. And she came to us the next morning. She said, I didn't have those dreams oh, last yeah. night. God. And so, you know, whenever the spirit of God works, it looks differently. You know, it can mm-hmm. mean salvation, it can mean a deliverance from something. It can mean a revelation of something. But he knows what the people need at the right time. Absolutely. And and he delivers. Yeah. And and sometimes it's just you being a vessel. Mostly it's just you being a vessel mm-hmm. and being obedient because obviously within ourselves we have nothing natural to offer that's really gonna set people free spiritually. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It's beautiful, man. Oh, it's just to quickly finish that story, we actually our guide then decided he was he was now gonna leave us. He was <laughs> he was, he was done I don't know, because we were Christians, he didn't want to be part of that mission. I don't remember why, but he just took off. <laughs> So now we're just with this Panon pastor in and Dave jungle. and I. And then, so we had to decide, <coughs> were we just gonna start wandering in the jungle and finding <laughs> these people or not? And we just, we had come so far and it was just like, no, we're just, we're gonna continue. Yeah. And in about one or two days later, we did find one, a nomadic tribe. Nice. And when we got to them, the pastor spoke no English and we spoke no Pennon. So we then just sat there and, and the pastors, and he, he explained, you know, the yeah. gospel in, in Panan to them. So we had no part to play in that, but it was just amazing to be in there yeah. sleeping in their jungle dwelling. I think I still have a nod in my back from, from the <laughs> tree branch that uh, I slept on. But um, yeah, it's, it's cool to be a part of God's mission, you know, mm-hmm. and to pioneer and to minister to people who who really haven't heard before, it's it's a great privilege. It's mm-hmm. yeah. awesome.
1: It's awesome. Let's just shift gears a little bit. I think you know, we have that glory of pioneering these new areas, pushing hard, like sacrificing to make sure the gospel's out there. And I love that after all those years of you doing that, the Lord put it on your heart to raise up a pastoral team to Mm -hmm. take care of other missionaries that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like really share your heart behind that and like the, the power of that.
0: You know, I I think I've had several people tell me that, you know, Dan, after, after you become a missionary, God's calling you to be a pastor, you know, but (laughs) you know, what does that look like? It could mean pastoring within a missionary team, Mm -hmm. you know, and at the moment that's, what it seems like it looks like but um, I think just the the challenges that you know my family has faced and mm-hmm. seen other of our staff member face other missionaries and other organizations face is you're raising a family and you're mm-hmm. learning a language and sometimes you're living remotely and so uh, you know if you're only acquiring a language, it's difficult to make deep friendships and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that are just life realities of because of the work that you say yes to. Right, right. And um, God, I believe, uh, and the pastoral team believes, desires to empower us through those things. Mm-hmm. And I think the pastoral voice tries to address those things as hey these are legitimate needs in people's lives and it's not okay just to say well pray and figure it out yeah, you know what i mean right, because right. we have to rub so- shoulders with other people and and uh, those uh, who have walked through it before and and so yeah we're just uh, we try to stay in whatsapp communication with our people on the ground and whether it be marriage issues or raising kids or maybe even into you know, ministry strategy things, and um, and just yeah, we try to be a listening ear as well as we're going to start pushing some you know teachings and just foundational mm-hmm. things that we'll, yeah. we hope will we'll Not just acquit. putting out fires. Yeah, not not just yeah, re- re- reacting to mm-hmm. to issues, but proactively, you know, trying to train train our people and things, and and God knows every situation of our lives, he knows all the challenges that we will be faced with because of the locations that we're in. And therefore uh, he's not going to leave us without his, his Holy spirit. Uh, But also we want to be that a human link to, you know, helping, helping as well, you know, Mm -hmm. it's awesome.
1: 18 years in the field, man, we appreciate it. We love you. We honor you for what you've done. If you were looking at your 20 year old self, would you say it's worth it?
0: Yeah, beyond a doubt. <laughs> it, it, it's funny though, because yeah, when you're when you look at your 20 year old self, or even uh, myself now, like you really don't know where you're going to be in five years. No. You know what I mean? You yeah. could be in a different country. You could God could give you a different mission. And I always think of Vaughn Gerald, one our one of our mm-hmm. elders who mm-hmm. spoke into Overland missions for years and years and years a very strong uh, prophet and prophetic voice. He always spoke out of John three, where Jesus said, those who are born of the spirit are like the wind. Yeah. And, and he applied it in the sense that, you know, you may be here and then the wind may blow and then you're over here and then the wind may blow and then you're over there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you don't, you're not committed to your task and you just take off when it's difficult, Absolutely, but it's, yeah. it's the, it's the, we have to be sensitive to to the to the Holy Spirit, and so, yeah, as a twenty year old just just be ready for the ride, you know what I mean, yeah. as a forty year old be ready for the ride, you know as a sixty year old just keep letting the the breezes of the Holy Spirit you know fill your sails and blowing you to the next place, you know, and hopefully trusting him to impact people along the way and raise up others and um yeah,
1: man, love it, brother, appreciate you, anybody. You need some people on your team over there, Angola?
0: Please, yes. <laughs> come, come one, come all, single, married, adventurous, remote people groups. Just come.
1: Yeah, it's the forefront of the gospel over there. Mm-hmm. We, we love it. Awesome, man. It's been great sitting by the fire with you, and I uh, hope to have you on again. God bless. Thanks, JJ. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gospel and Grit. All of us here at Overland Missions would like you to know that we believe in you, that there's a place for you in our organization. Your first step towards changing nations is to visit overlandmissions.com.